You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I am your co-host, Brandon Ware. And I'm still here, your friendly neighborhood sexologist, Jess O'Reilly. Thanks for being here with us. What's been on my mind lately, babe? Talk to me. Feet. Interesting. Hopefully not my feet. Oh, let me tell you, I never think about your feet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have gross feet. Oh, no, I didn't mean it that way. They're just... But I just... Feet... My own feet aren't my thing. You have very big feet. I do. I trip over them. They're water skis. Yeah, that's the joke. I don't need water skis when I go water skiing. Sometimes we'll go shopping... In markets where people, I suppose, tend to have smaller feet and Brandon wants to buy some of their nice handmade sandals and they laugh at him when he tells them his size. First of all, you're making it out like I'm buying sandals, which I'm not doing. I'm buying shoes. And I also don't have ridiculously large feet. They're, they're actually normal size. Okay, They're like a 12, which is not ridiculous. But I did stop into a shoe store and the guy laughed at me. And this is in Toronto. And, and I'm thinking... 12's not a crazy foot size. To be fair, they're often a 13. And one guy told you that they don't carry ridiculous sizes. That was his word, right? (laughs) Those were. And I'm thinking to myself, really, man? Like a 12 is ridiculous? Like that's silly. Well, I am thinking about feet not because I've been thinking about your feet, but because I keep receiving these requests asking for pictures of my feet. Nice. And maybe I should be responding asking how much they're willing to pay. Sure. Maybe I... they want to sponsor the podcast. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what they want. Well, they want, they want pictures of my feet. And I received another email a couple of days ago asking why he was so turned on by feet and if anything was wrong with him. So he said that he had a foot fetish and was just concerned about whether or not this was normal. And it's interesting because... The foot is, in fact, one of the most commonly fetishized objects or body parts. And a a foot fetish simply refers to, you know, strong sexual arousal or desire in response to the feet. And fetishes tend to refer to non-genital body parts or object-based attraction, You might also have a foot fetish and be aroused by foot products like shoes and socks and stockings and boots. And and people have asked in the the past, in fact, to buy my socks. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wouldn't... I didn't know that. Yeah, but you know that I don't like shopping. I can't afford to run out of socks because I'd have to go to the store to get more. Or maybe I can get them on Amazon these days. Yeah, just go online. Yeah, I guess so. But anyhow, I wanted to talk a little bit about fetishes, so an attraction to an object or to a sexual body part that is not tend it does not tend to be associated with sex, and the theories behind why these fetishes exist. First of all, there's nothing wrong with you, and one theory suggests that we develop fetishes in response to erotic associations, oftentimes created when we were younger so for example if you had an early erotic experience that involved feet your brain and body may have created this lasting erotic association so it's sort of like a Pavlovian response so for example maybe you were masturbating 
and you know you were using something soft like a stocking or maybe there was an image of a foot early on now it's possible that we don't need a erotic association it's just that you find feet very attractive because they're kind of sexy do you do you like feet i like feet you've got beautiful hands and feet they don't get me going i've also seen in perusing porn sites that i have stumbled upon i've seen the whole foot fetish thing taken to you know the next level where i see a person with a penis Mm -hmm. having their their junk Mm -hmm. let's call it what it is being jerked off with somebody's feet i like that you say let's call it what it is and then you call it junk yeah. Well, anyway, I'm trying to be I'm trying to use the right words here without being totally crass. It's so if somebody has their penis jerked off by somebody else's feet. I got to tell you, from a coordination perspective, I would love to just try that. I'm concerned about the possibility for error and how I could end up with a heel in my sack and how painful that would be. I think people have pretty good control over their feet, babe. I don't then, because I would <laughs> kick somebody right in the junk. Well, your feet are too big to jerk a penis off. <laughs> but I would like to see you try to I, foot jerk your own penis off. I would just, you know, if I had to do that, first of all, I, I'm, I don't see why I would ever have to do that. But if I had to do that, I would just kick somebody in the nuts. Yeah, you would definitely like, hurt someone. I do not have the fine motor skills. To do that, let alone even the prospect of doing that to myself. I would, I'm not even close to that flexible. It would be three hernias <laughs> for sure. Oh, three yeah. It'd just be bad for everybody. Then I'd have to explain it to people. How'd you hurt yourself? Uh, yeah. yeah, a three hernia minimum. So there's nothing wrong with being jerked off with your feet. I can see it being kind of hot. Uh, there's another theory that suggests that a foot fetish can have more to do with overcoming the subversive or specifically overcoming disgust. So as your arousal levels heighten, your disgust response or instinct becomes less sharp and you are no longer likely to respond strongly with disgust to even things that normally kind of gross you out. So feet aren't particularly disgusting, but some people consider feet dirty And this altered state of perception allows you to engage sexually with objects that you might normally find off-putting, so like your feet. So the taboo element of this theory falls in line with, you know, dominant cultural messages around sex. It's naughty, it's dirty, it's shameful. And a foot fetish can be one outlet through which you reconcile the conflict between your own experience of sexual pleasure and then these negative sexual messages. So you're turning something that maybe was not erotic into something erotic. And for some people that can help to let go of sexual shame. So, the, you know, a couple of different theories. You might just like feet because they're kind of powerful. They keep us grounded. There's something sexy like that. And for some people, they wouldn't even consider it a fetish. It's just one of many variations with regard to turn-ons. You know, you can be attracted to feet and the foot has a long history of these erotic associations you think of the cinderella story talks about her perfect small pretty little foot fitting into the glass slipper and several cultures have histories as we know of emphasizing foot size as a sign of sexual prowess or attractiveness and if you have a foot fetish it doesn't mean you necessarily want to have sex with feet so for example Brandon talked about rubbing his feet on genitals 
But some people do want to do that and that's totally cool. But a, a lot of people, many people with foot fetishes have no desire to actually connect the foot to the penis or the vulva or your genitals. A foot fetish might just involve admiring, kissing, worshipping feet, massaging feet, washing feet, photographing them, smelling them, licking them, sucking them. You can make out with them, even submitting to your feet. So there's a lot of, you know, kind of the DS dominant submission play here. Begging for your feet, being stepped on, being tickled or tickling your feet. So there's all these different ways you can play with feet. It's not necessarily what you see in porn, which is just rubbing rubbing one off. There are lots of ways. And, and if you do have a foot fetish or any sort of fetish or anything you want to try out, you might, well, for example, with the feet, you could start by just complimenting your partner's feet. Offer them a foot massage. Let them know that you think their feet are beautiful and that, you know, you find them exciting and that touching them makes you feel relaxed and sensual. And then you can tell them eventually what it is you want to do to their feet. And even if they're not into it, even if they're a bit uncomfortable, a partner with whom you're sexually compatible won't judge you. They'll try and understand your needs and Hopefully together you can find ways to negotiate, you know, some sort of balance of working out your desires into your sexual repertoire. I think your feet look fantastic in a pair of my shoes. Your shoes? No, not my shoes. That just looks comical. Yeah. Look but cool. when you have on really nice heels and I see your feet, I think they look great. I'm thinking of a photo right now that Dave Laus took and your legs and your feet look hot. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe you're more into feet than you realize. Nope. Nope. <laughs> maybe you're in denial. <laughs> maybe that's it. Yeah. So if you are a foot fetishist, own it. Don't apologize. Don't be embarrassed. You're perfectly normal. You don't have to apologize. You shouldn't have to convince your partner of anything, but you can present them with options. And, you know, you want to find a compatible partner. And compatibility, of course, is about being similarly open-minded it's not about having the same desires but about respecting one another's desires and making an effort to meet one another's needs so if your partner judges you and isn't willing to work through this judgment and it's their job to work through their own judgment not yours maybe you know they're not the most sexually compatible partner for you and if you are single and you have a foot fetish get online don't send me messages asking for my foot pictures unless you want to name a specific figure it's got to be a big one <laughs> many zeros but there there are really supportive communities and sharing sites designed just for you so go ahead indulge and and let your mind wander moving on from feet i want to talk about a topic that we covered in a previous episode not so long ago Back in December, we shared an episode called The Best Gift Ever, in which you and I, Brandon, we talked about a free gift you can make or create for your partner for the holidays or for any occasion or non-occasion. And this gift ultimately involved writing your partner's dating profile as a reminder to yourself and as a declaration to them of just how great they are, what a catch they are. And Brandon and I, if you listened, you'll recall that we shared ours with one another and with you back in episode 89. And I know many of you tried it at home because I received your messages with many thanks. And it really is a moving activity. So if you haven't tried it yet, go back, listen to episode 89 to get some background on the article 
that inspired the exercise, get some instructions on how to do it, and of course to hear our reactions. Now, we're talking about this dating profile exercise exercise today because one of our listeners, Samantha, who I know because she's a producer with Global Television's The Morning Show, she had an alternative experience with it. Her boyfriend, Mark, didn't just write her dating profile to show her how much he appreciates her. He actually posted it online on a dating site, Plenty of Fish. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Tell us why he did this, how they, he did this, your reactions. He claims it's because he didn't understand the exercise. And when I said, we're making each other dating profiles, he thought... He was actually going to make a dating profile. So I made him a fake Tinder account. It was just on a piece of paper, and it looked like Tinder. Um, And he made me a Plenty of Fish account, which I guess is free and very easy to do. So I actually have it here, what he wrote. And um, I was a bit baffled at first because we were receiving a lot of messages (laughs) from people. And it was... It was very interesting because I've never done online dating before, so this was a new world for me. And some of the messages were, you know, hey, let's get together tonight. And then others were uh, taking things from my bio and adding, oh, I see you have a cat, and I also like cats. And they were very personalized. So it was uh, very interesting in that sense. But then I also I felt bad for these people who are maybe messaging me and I was not going to message them back because I am in a committed relationship. So I felt bad. So I said, you got to take this down right away. It had my picture on it and everything. (laughs) I'm like, and my name, I said, people could find me very easily on the internet. So let's take it down. Apparently you can't take down a Plenty of Fish profile unless you've had it for 24 hours. So we had to wait until 24 hours were up before he could take it down. I don't even know if it's taken down yet, to be honest. He could still be getting all these messages and enjoying all the messages that he's getting. I don't know why he found it so funny. I'd like to shout out to Mark right now <laughs> because he took things to the next level. He, he deserves some credit. Come on, man. Like, he took it to the next level. I think I like Mark. Uh, he's a good dude. Naturally, everybody does. And he does naturally funny things like this all the time. And Like I said, he claims, you know, It was an accident. I I didn't understand the exercise, but he knew exactly what he was doing. He was just trying to be funny, and and it was quite funny. It's funny now that that it's past the point. Did you approve of all the photos that he used for your profile? He used one picture. He used this one, obviously. It's a nice picture of me. It's a great picture. But again, now my name and my picture are on dating websites, which I never gave consent to. Um, so that was a bit freaky. So as, as soon as I found out, I made him take down the picture and take down my real name. And, and so do you have the profile he wrote for you? Would you I share do. It with us? Yeah, I have, okay. it's quite sweet. I mean, it starts off, you know, Samantha, non-smoker, athletic body type, which was nice, I guess. Um, <laughs> education, some college. <laughs> uh, intent, Sammy wants to find someone to marry. Okay. And then he wrote, hello, I'm a beautiful woman looking for someone who will be great company on life's adventures. I would also like to meet someone to have a meaningful, thought-provoking conversation with. Quite nice. And then there's a list of uh, things that he believes I am. Smart, fun-loving, hilarious, kind, affectionate, thoughtful, family-oriented. And then there's a couple paragraphs here that I like hanging out with my friends. Um, 
I make friends with random strangers because I'm so easygoing. I like to have a quiet time with a nice book, but I'm always up for a game of Call of, Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, and then it goes on to talk about my easygoing attitude, how much I love my family, and then my cat, Peppy. After he posted this and after you got through the laughs of the first 24 hours or perhaps all the messages, how did you feel about what he did? About writing this or that he put it on an online dating? About, about both. Well, the message was very sweet. I mean, it was a really good exercise to do with each other because, you know, sometimes we don't tell each other, you know, how we really truly feel about each other. So it was a really nice exercise. And uh, I find it hilarious that he did that. <laughs> it's, it's totally him. And that is why I'm with him because he always makes me laugh. So it, it's just something that he would do and that I'm... I, I should have expected it, but I didn't. And that, because it happened, it's just totally him to do something like that. Now, you've been together eight years. You're getting married in just a couple of months. Yes. Down in Mexico. And did you write his profile? I did. Do you have a copy or did you, I did couldn't, you lose it? He, I, he couldn't find his. <laughs> I found mine. I keep everything because what we do instead of gifts is we, we give each other handmade cards. It's just a thing we've done since I think the first or second year we started dating. Um, so we, we always write each other cards, and I've kept all of mine because I love them. So hold on. The gifts, you don't do gifts? We don't do gifts. No ah. birthday, Christmas, Valentine's, nothing. And what prompted that move? Um, I think the first year we were together, uh, he didn't give me a Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> and I thought, I was like, I thought you were a romantic guy. And he's, he said, no, I'm not, I'm not very romantic. Because I was confusing traditional with, roman with uh, romantic. I thought you were going to say I was confusing him with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Not quite. So he said, you know, I'm, I just don't really believe in Valentine's Day. And I said, well, I do. And, you know, I would like a gift. And so the next year he, did, he went all out. Balloons, chocolates, everything. A nice gift. And I got it. And it was sweet and nice. But I thought, you know, there's how much heart is in this if it's kind of forced. Um, and so something my dad always said is, I don't want a gift. I want you to make me something. So I think there's just so much more heart in, you know, making me a card and writing it out yourself, handwritten. There's just something so special. And it, I just feel like there's more heart in it, you know? When I make things for Jess, she's like, oh, look, a five-year-old did something. <laughs> Best wife ever tie that you only wear when you walk in the door for your kid to see. Oh, no. That's what I do for Brandon. We, we actually don't do gifts either. And uh, I'm not sure how it happened, but I do remember our first Christmas together uh, because my family was very into Christmas and oh, gifts. Man. And I, I bought Brandon shirts and cologne and probably some jewelry and gift cards and, and went all out. And I'm and I'm trying to think what else I got you. I, I think I got you a spa package, a golf. Oh, I bought you golf clubs. Wow. Yeah, I was over the top. I was young and I was a bartender. So I had cash mm -hmm. to blow and no real bills to pay. And Brandon bought me, hang on. I'm pretty sure you bought me an Adam Sandler DVD. Oh. <laughs> yep. Ouch. I don't, I, I'm like trying to think of something witty to say right now. I got nothing. Also a bottle of Bailey's. Oh, okay. Very important. Very okay. important. Right. How Hold big? on. Wait for, wait, for the, wait for the kicker. Wait for the kicker. Cause don't you remember the other gift that I gave you? Oh, that was many years later. He gave me anti-aging cream. Oh, <laughs> it was the most expensive thing I could buy at, uh, I, I went to Shoppers Drug Mart and I was like, Honestly, just give me the most expensive cream you have. Shoppers Drug Mart is our version of CVS or mm -hmm. Walgreens, only it's a little nicer. It was expensive, man. 
And uh, how about the year that I surprised you with a massaging device? Oh, he bought me a Fukuku massaging glove. Oh. Not intended to be sexual in any way. Uh, oh, really? I didn't really think about it like that until I realized after what I had bought. Oh. And we had opened up in front of everyone on oh. Christmas morning. Do you not remember my dad put it on? Yeah, I got super weird, weird oh. like real quick. No. Did he know what it was? He loved it. <laughs> no, he wouldn't have known what it was. Oh. No, no. So I can see why you don't give each other gifts then. <laughs> yeah. It's better if they go with the five-year-old right. made something gift. I think it's been about probably 10 years since we've purchased a gift. In fact, it was our anniversary, our wedding anniversary this week. And Congratulations. I, thanks. I think we sort of forgot about it because we, we've had a lot, a lot going on. Uh, but I think we're good without the gifts. Yeah, I'm okay with without them. I, I find I embarrass myself less yeah. when I don't buy gifts. And it just takes off so much pressure. Absolutely. And so you, you already live with your partner. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned that you took a big step that you think is actually bigger than marriage. Yeah, so when we purchased a home together, we put all of our money together into one account so that even now if we were to buy each other gifts, it would be like I'm buying myself a gift. You know what I mean? Uh, and. I make my own money, so if I want something, I'll just go buy it for myself. Mm -hmm. I don't need him to buy it for me, Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't need his permission to go buy anything for myself. We're very good that way in the sense that, you know, uh, with money, we we connect very well with that. So we know, like, if if he wants to buy something, he'll ask me, and, you know, I need this drill, I need this, I need that. I'll just say, yeah, fine, no problem. And if I want to go buy something for the house or clothes or anything else, I can go do that myself. So kind of buy each other gifts. We buy ourselves gifts. Right. Put it that way. So do you think you're better prepared for marriage because you've already had these financial discussions because you already share all of your finances? A hundred percent. Yeah. We feel like moving into the house and putting our money together was a bigger step than than getting married. So the wedding's just a party. Oh, yeah. It's a week-long party in Mexico. Yeah, it sounds pretty good to me. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for talking with us. I wish we'd had Mark here. And if Mark finds his profile that you wrote for him in his underwear drawer anytime soon, send it in to us and we'll read it out. I will. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Chatting with Sam was really a good reminder that it's time to pull back out our dating profiles and maybe even rewrite them. And of course, I hope you'll consider this exercise on your own. Write your partner's dating profile. Share it with them to let them know how much you appreciate them and do not post it online (laughs) unless they have a very good sense of humor like Sam and or really unless you have their consent. And now I want to talk a little about sex smells because we received some feedback from a listener and I think, you know, I just want to clear the air because one of our listeners recently posted about the show and I think their post merits a response. And Brandon, I know you haven't read this yet, but I'm going to let you read what they had to say. I have noticed in a couple of episodes, you talk about being concerned with your smell prior to engaging with a partner sexually. It was addressed in the face-sitting episode that you should shower before playing. And then in a recent episode, you and your man, I guess that's me, talked about hooking up after being at the gym, but only if no one smells. Does your partner find when your body's natural pheromones fill his nostrils unpleasant? 
is the idea of smelling something other than Axe body spray and perfume on someone you're attracted to really that repulsive? I find it triggers a very animalistic energy that taps into something very primal. It's hard to trust any person who claims to love women, but doesn't bow down and worship everything about their perfectly amazing holiest of all holes. It's perfect in any condition. Hmm, the holiest of holes. So, you know, I wanted to respond to this because some people love the smell and the feel of sweat and some people like butt sweat and some people don't and I think we're all okay. You know, I'm one of those people that's really sensitive to smell. I, I don't know what Axe body spray smells like. I don't imagine I love it. I don't, I don't really wear perfume very often and I do like a little sweat. But I can tell you, for instance, Brandon, I don't like the way you smell after hockey. I don't like that equipment. And I'm not trying to shame you, but I also have personal preferences. And I want to be, even though I'm speaking in public, I want to be entitled to those perfect personal preferences. And I think the face sitting episode, when we talked about washing before you face sit, before you sit on someone's face, we were actually talking about washing your butt for hygiene. And for some people for odor. And again, some people like the smell of a butt. And some people like the smell of a butt after you've gone to the bathroom. And that's okay. And others like me don't like the smell of a butt after you've gone to the bathroom. And let me tell you, because I've been around so many sex parties and shoots, I, I've been in the room when face sitting has gone awry because of the butt. It wasn't about the vagina. It was because someone didn't wipe up properly after they went numero dos and no and I'm serious and you know the whole room reacted it's, it's sort of the same as your breath sometimes your breath smells good and sometimes it doesn't smell that good you know and I noticed for me certain times of the month I'm really sensitive to smell I can walk into a room and be really put off by a smell or a specific body odor like when I come home to my house and somebody's in it working for example I can walk in and I can smell the unfamiliar scent immediately and sometimes it bothers me so much and I'm not trying to be judgmental it's it's just not to my taste and you know this becomes a challenge for me when I'm, I'm hosting a show like this and you know I, I you know most of my job involves talking about data and interpreting research but then you know here I open up about my personal preferences and it's actually kind of intimidating to talk about my own preferences because I always need to be clear that my preferences are not the gold star standard and they don't have to be your preferences. And with regard to, you know, worshipping the vagina, I think it's great to love the smell of a vagina or a mouth or a scrotal sac or a butt for that matter. And obviously I really want to reduce any shame and stigma around bodies. But it's also okay to not always love the way you smell. I, and I do notice, for instance, my smell will change with my cycle, not just my sense of smell, but the way I smell. And it changes with my sleep, with my diet. So I want to be really clear. I want you to feel great about your body. I hope we help you to feel good about your body. And you don't have to smell one specific way to be attractive. But I also want to just me as Jess be allowed to have my preferences without being judged and without making you feel as though your preferences need to align with mine and vice versa. I would agree that it sucks to be judged. Um, listening to that person's commentary, it's clear that, you know, they, I don't want to say that they have 
any issues, but they're projecting because I'm here on this show, on this podcast, sharing my personal experience and being somewhat open and vulnerable about what I've seen and what, you know, and how I feel. And to assume that I wear Axe body spray and that it's offensive to you, I, I mean, I don't. And if somebody else wants to, then, you know, good for them. This is what I like. I don't like the smell of a butthole when, if we were having sex. It doesn't do it for me. If it does it for you, great. Well, some sometimes a butthole doesn't have much of a smell. No, I'm just, so I'm assuming that a butthole has a smell. And in this particular case, because we're talking about odors. And showering first. And showering first. That's just not my jam. Yeah, and right? it's okay to totally have sex without showering. It's not like we have yeah. to hop in the shower Anyhow, I, and I want to be clear that, you know, actually, I really appreciate this feedback because I think it's kind of neat that lots of different people listen. And I think it's okay that we maybe don't agree all the time. In fact, if you were to agree with us on everything, this would be pretty boring. Yeah. Right? And I don't have a problem with somebody enjoying the odors of other people. That's mm -hmm. just the same way you might not agree with what I like. I may not agree with what you like. And that's the wonderful thing. We can share our collective experiences because there are going to be a lot of people out there who who like that who enjoy as that this listener said the animalistic component associated oh. with those odors actually so, i get that because i do like like a little bit of sweat the only time i don't like it is if, if you're like if you've just come from hockey it's a hockey thing and i don't mean to offend you or anything but i know you love the way your hockey equipment smells I was just going to say that, like to, to his point or to her point, I do. I like the way my hockey equipment smells, but I also know that you don't like the stank of my hockey equipment. Yeah. Why are you so proud of your hockey equipment smell? <laughs> you know what it is? It's a nostalgia. I like ah. the smell because I spent so much time playing hockey that it, I, I, I like it. And I also know <laughs> that it stank. It don't <laughs> smell good. Do you like the smell of other people's hockey equipment or just your own brand? No, just my just just my jam. Just just, just Say my, my I like my own brand. My brew. My brew. Yeah. Anyhow, I, I, I hope people, you know, feel good about their bodies. I definitely don't want people to feel bad about the way they smell. I do get a lot of questions about smells because some people don't like the way they smell or they're off put by the way their partner smells. And I do think some of it is is cultural. Like a lot of women, folks with vaginas are told that, that we don't smell good. And I, I don't feel that way. I do like the way I smell. I don't feel as though I need to shower before we have sex or anything like that. So I think um, when we've joked about showering, you know, after we work out, it's, you know, often the sweat and, and some people love it. Some people love sweaty, sweaty sex. And that's totally cool too. So I think the bottom line is with everything we do, it's, you know, about figuring out what you're into and finding a balance between you and your partner or your partners. And uh, I do welcome the feedback, honestly. And I, I appreciate people who, you know, take the time to, to write a comment or send us a note. Um, even if they are just asking for foot pics. Hey, I have an idea. I you wonder if anyone ask. wants Brandon foot, foot pics. You do not want pics of my big, ridiculously sized feet as per that shoe salesperson. <laughs> they will come on legal size paper. <laughs> Now, I also have a question here from someone about spending time apart. And she says, I've heard you talk about spending time apart and how it's good for your relationship. But how do I even bring this up with my boyfriend? We've been living together for six months and I already feel like the walls are closing in and we're attached at the hip, even though we're super busy and happy together. Any advice on 
how to start the conversation about spending time apart. And I guess we're in a special boat because we're forced to spend time apart when I travel for work. So that's, you know, not necessarily an option. But I would say first and foremost, be really specific about what you're asking. So when you come to your partner with something broad, with a broad statement like, oh, I need space, that can be very confusing and that can make them worry about why you want to spend time apart and probably won't won't go over as well as something more specific. For example, oh, I, I want to spend an afternoon with my sister or I want to invest more time in the studio working on my music project or I want to spend more time with my family. So explain the specific change you're looking for and also highlight why you want to make this change. So it's not that you don't want to be around them. It's this just that you want to be mindful of your time. So you might say, I, oh, I miss going out with my, my sister or my friends. So we're going to have drinks together on Thursday night. I always feel so great when I hang out with her. So you're not saying, I don't want to hang out with you. You're just explaining that you're going to engage in an activity without them. And if they do seem off-put or nervous, just reinforce your commitment to the relationship when you talk about spending time apart. Make sure you're really clear that you like hanging out with them and make sure you're spending quality time with them because if you've just moved in six months ago, your time spent together may not be of the highest quality. You might just be chilling or running errands or watching movies and unless that's your quality time, which is fine, but you might just find yourselves in the room together but not actually spending time together so make plans for the two of you as well i like the idea of of taking up a hobby i think that uh, i mean finding something constructive that you can do on your own and like you said bringing that up in a constructive way with your partner is probably a great way to say i'm i'm gonna sign up for a course or i'm gonna sign up for this i mean i've done that recently it wasn't to spend time apart from you but it's given me a few hours on my own once a week to go and uh, you're gonna you're gonna Brandon aprenda español. Aprender español. Sí, los sí. clases los martes. Sí. He's es in Spanish muy class. Muy difícil. Muy difícil. <laughs> Pero habla bien, bien. Yeah, you know what? Let's let's have this conversation in about five weeks. Okay. And then then we'll see how how it sounds. Yeah, that's a great idea. Sign up for a course, register for a team. You'll meet new people, and you know you won't be able to self isolate, which is what a lot of couples do when they sign up for an activity or a workshop or a team or a course. Yes, they go out together but they tend to just stick together. But if you do it on your own, you're more likely to, you know, integrate into the group. And, you know, you can encourage your partner to do the same. What are they passionate about? Are they into hockey? Are they into art or fitness or yoga? So can you buy them a class as a gift? And the other thing is if you have trouble carving out time apart, see if you can tack on some alone time or just time apart, onto something you already do without your partner. So maybe you tend to, maybe you already go to a fitness class on Tuesday nights. So maybe after that time frame, you can just stretch it a little farther and, you know, go for a coffee either on your own or have a tea with someone from class. So if there's already a small amount of time you spend apart, just extend that time so that it occurs more naturally. And when you do talk to your partner about this, 
it's okay if you disagree. You you don't have to avoid conflict. It's normal. So just be honest about how you feel and, and don't take it personally if you don't always agree. Neither of you is necessarily right or wrong. And we, I was watching a, a couple very recently disagree on on something in their relationship and the real issue was that they both believed that their way was right. And the bottom line is neither way was right or wrong. It was right or wrong for that specific person. Yeah, and I think we also encourage each other. That's something that I I, I like about our relationship is that when you've wanted to go and do something, I, I'm, I'm usually supportive of it. And I find or I feel like you're the same for me. So when I have that encouragement and that support, I know that I'm, I reciprocate that and I want you to go and to do your thing too. I never feel like you don't want me to go out with friends or go do things. I do feel as though, however, you are more nervous to go do things. You're always kind of checking in with me, telling me how long you're going to be, telling me when you're going to go back. Do you feel nervous like I need you here or is it just just you're used to telling me where you're at? No, I think it's more out of habit. I don't really feel uh, that there's a responsibility ability mm. to tell you I mean mm. I do think that it's fair for me to say I'm I mean I play hockey I don't play very much anymore but if I played I played once a week I'm gonna play hockey on Monday nights mm-hmm. I'm gonna do Spanish I'm gonna take Spanish lessons on Tuesday um, I feel like maybe I am telling you to check but I also think that that's a fair request of your partner too when you have other commitments like we don't have children but if we had a child or children, I would want to run that by you first to make sure that our schedules align. So if I was taking a course on Tuesday, maybe Thursday, you know, that's when you're doing your thing so that our children are taken care of. Absolutely. No, it's a whole different ball game when children are in the equation. But I don't generally feel like I'm seeking your approval. I think huh. I'm, I, I do a lot of debriefing with you throughout the day. Yeah, maybe you're just telling me because you have to walk yourself through your schedule so you say it out loud to <laughs> yeah, me. No, because you that do that. You'll do. be like, you'll tell me, oh, okay, so I've got this at nine, this at 11, this at 12, this at one, this at two. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you're not really listening. You're just nodding. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. nodding. Yeah, no, but I think that's true. You're just kind of making plans or debriefing at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think that if there is something, every now and then you remind me, we have this event tonight and it's, good that you interject and tell me that because then I'm I'm like oh yeah so I'll make sure that I'm I'm clear my schedule for this or for that so I think what's really important is that uh, you you do have these conversations and you have them from the onset I'm glad you're having these conversations just six months in after moving in together because you do not want to create a couple cocoon You do not want to create a cocoon where you don't let other people in. You want to enrich relationships with other people, with yourself, with your friends, with your family, because when you have healthy relationships with other people in your lives, not only does it ease the pressure on your partner to fulfill all of your needs, but your coupled relationship is also enhanced because the more sources of love and support and pleasure and joy and excitement you have, the more you bring all of those wonderful positive elements into the relationship. So I encourage you to go have that conversation now. And it's it's not a bad, it shouldn't be a battle. And again, if there is a little bit of disagreement, you'll you'll find the common ground. So we're going to stop there. 
Thank you for the questions and thank you for the feedback. We, we really do appreciate it. Even if you know, you're, you're giving us constructive criticism or you, you simply disagree, it's helpful for us. So please keep sending it in. Follow along on Instagram. Brandon is Verity Brandon. And I'm Sex with Dr. Jess. Probably easy to find him off of my profile because I'm always posting pictures of him. Handsome dude. We need to say a big thank you to Desire Resorts for their ongoing support of this podcast. Desire has two clothing optional couples only resorts on the Mayan Riviera just a few minutes south of the Cancun airport as well as multiple cruises leaving out of Europe. Check out the red carpet cruise next May leaving from Cannes during the International Film Festival. Check them out on Instagram at Desire Experience. Thank you to you for listening. Thanks, babe, for being here. We'll be back next Friday and every Friday morning with a new episode. Have a great one. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. <laughs>